Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast. It's Wednesday and we're going to be giving you 10 top tips for amateur map makers. Okay, so I've been doing a fair bit of map drawing recently for my Middlelands slash Dolmenwood game. Now, and Hannah said, well, why don't you do an episode about map making tips? And I've got me initially, I was like a bit like, eh, yeah. I'm not too sure because I by no means am any sort of professional cartographer or anything like that. But you raised the important point, didn't you, Lord, that most people aren't really trying to do a professional job. Well, this is it. Back when we first met each other, which was nearly 20 years ago, we both were very amateur at drawing maps for games mm. in every aspect. You know, we'd be like drawing rivers along the grid and that kind of thing. Yeah, like rectangular um, countries and stuff. The, um, yeah. The amount of improvement that we've both made, there's just a lot of simple little things that we've both learned as we've gone along. Yeah. That hopefully we can share with you and maybe one of them will be useful to everybody. Okay, so let's crack on with a few general tips first. So my first tip is, most importantly, don't expect miracles on your first time drawing a map. After all, you're not drawing it to be go on your wall as a poster or to be a professional cartographed map. Don't get me wrong, those are great. And if you want some inspiration, you should check out the works of Glyn Seal, Nate from WASD20, Questing Beast, Two Minute Tabletop, and loads of others. I'll put some links in the description of the episode. But like I say, remember, you're drawing the map for your game to enhance and to help you as a, as a play aid, really, while you're running your RPG sessions. If the map does that, it's grand. You don't need to worry about anything else. Tip number two is to start small. Now, this might seem like a bit of an odd one, but if you're drawing a world map or something like that, don't try and draw the whole planet in one go. Just stick to the area, whether that's a continent, a country, a shire, even a small town, that your game is taking place in initially. This will both cut your workload down and it'll give you room to expand later when you get other ideas. Yeah, that's a really good point, John. Um, If you're going to have lots of stuff going on in other parts of your world and you want to have like a big sweeping world, you can still sort of say, oh, well... The city is to the north, there's a a coast to the south that keeps getting attacked, there's another country to the east, but you don't need to define how far away that is, Yeah, you don't need to define any more than you want to put in your background, and if you give yourself room to expand, you can get a lot more interesting stuff in there as your players build on it with you. Exactly, and that runs nicely into tip number three. Keep your first map vague. As Hannah was just saying, don't try and plot down every village, temple and whatever. Just put down the major natural features, like you know, like your mountain ranges, your forests, mm-hmm. swamps, stuff like that. Maybe one or two major settlements, just enough to get your game going. If you plot out everything in advance, then later on you've got some great ideas. You'll be trying to cram them all in. Keep it vague, and like Hannah said, you can always add more stuff in later. Think of it as creating just the area that your characters can see in specifics. 
and then everything else keep it vague they've not been there yet so you don't need to define it yet specifically like yeah, you I mean, say you don't need to know about every village and every tree that's even five miles north let alone a hundred well, if all of your first adventure is in a village and somebody might come up with a brilliant idea that you want to add into your map during that first adventure well let's face it it's not like most medieval maps were like massively accurate anyway most most D&D games take place in a sort of pseudo medieval vibe anyway so you've always got the whole here be monsters style option to keep it nice and vague mm-hmm Okay, so tip four, use whatever method of drawing feels comfortable for you. Now, if you're a whiz with Photoshop or GIMP, then feel free to use those. However, there's nothing wrong with the old-fashioned pen and paper. You can always scan your image afterwards or photograph it if you want to import it to a virtual tabletop. Just concentrate on the map and putting your creativity into that. You don't need the extra hassle of trying to master a whole new way of drawing. Absolutely. Uh, if you do like using Photoshop and those sorts of programs, there are loads and loads and loads of brushes for cartography uh, on various different free brushes sites that you can use. Some even like text fonts that you can use for tar- for cartography. Um, but if you don't know how to use a computer program, don't worry about it. And if you are going to be using a computer program, Consider drawing it first just to give it that like hand-drawn texture when you do scan it in. Yeah, and I mean, if you're really sort of like, oh, I've got no artistic ability whatsoever, or you can't use a pen and a paper for some reason, there are loads of different map-making softwares online specifically designed to make RPG maps, whether that be like Hexographer, Wonderdraft, Incarnate, what, things like what that. What was that one that we had back in the day? Campaign, Campaign Cartographer. Cartographer. <laughs> and that's still out there there's a, there's, it? yeah it's still going oh, strong Roblox. I mean it's several versions advanced of the one we've got <laughs> but it's still going strong okay so tip number five check out some maps on the internet for inspiration have a glance at some of the maps on the internet it's easy to do with a quick search I mentioned some people earlier who do good maps and I'm going to put some links in the description of this show but when you look at the, these maps online mostly done by like professional cartographers don't feel intimidated you don't have to draw your maps to the standard you're just looking at them as inspiration mm-hmm. something else that you can do there is to save yourself some time you can take a map like that pull the rivers and roads off it and repurpose it for your whatever um, yeah you're just making a map for your own game like hannah said yeah if, if you if you print out three maps off the internet cut them up and sticky tape them together to make a new map go for it it's whatever works for your game okay so let's move on to some tips for drawing the map so tip six is try not to make the shape of continents and countries too regular we joked a little bit earlier about some of my earlier maps having like rectangular continents and stuff like that but continents and countries are ragged jagged and they're irregular they're formed by centuries even more than centuries of erosion and continental drift for millions of years rectangular continents and geometric shapes just look a little bit odd to be honest if you need some help with this i find a good method is just to grab a handful of dice they can be any kind of dice you want roll them on your blank page and you can then use the dice as a guideline to draw your jagged outlines around i do like that method myself i'd recommend as well if you're going to do that do two or three different lots of it 
and try using some different sizes of dice or mixing some beads in there or some counters just so yeah. you've got some like little islands big islands instead of everything being all about the same size indeed tip seven make yourself aware of some basic geographical principles now if you're drawing a country scale map there's a few things you should be aware of you don't have to be a geography master or anything like that but these simple ideas can give your map a bit more of an edge of realism so rivers flow from high places mountains etc to the sea normally via the most direct route only snaking around raised areas of terrain rivers seldom branch and then rejoin the main body most kingdoms have their borders marked by some form of terrain or natural barrier and settlements are mostly built near bodies of water fertile land or other useful resources yeah this is the thing that will make your map look real or not real put your rivers in the right sort of places and if there's a river curving that's because there's a hill somewhere yeah exactly it's it's the thing that makes the most difference to how realistic a map can look so it is worth taking the time to just consider it as you're going indeed tip eight don't overcomplicate the symbols you use on your map you don't need to draw every tree a cloud shape with some basic shading will do a shaded area with some simple pointed shapes is fine for a mountain range and a slightly darker area with some broken lines or more than suffice for a swamp or a marsh also while you're doing this draw yourself a key on the map explaining the symbols as a handy reference for both you and your players if you come back to the map later now this is something that's worth considering of like what scale the map is being drawn on yeah um if you mapping out say a small village as a big play map you do want to put a lot of detail into that yes that's true because it's going to be like a battle map and you're going to have stuff going on on there but you also want to leave like enough open for role play to happen so that it's not just a war game on a big map unless you're there for a war game in which case by all means crack on (laughs) if you're going for bigger maps it's less important to get those little details in and tip number nine is to make a copy of your initial map now that could be a second printout a photocopy or you could even trace over and draw a second one have a second copy that way if your first map gets damaged or lost you've got a backup and you're not going to have to try and redraw the whole thing from memory yeah it's also interesting to see how the map progresses as it goes along and finally our tenth point is to make notes on your map don't be precious about it it's there as a game aid when the players encounter orcs near the forest jot it down on your map as a reminder to both them and you if they hear rumors of a haunted tomb in a nearby swamp write it on that rough area of the map if you followed our tip number nine, then you've got a clean copy of the map. Anyway, write as much as you need on the map to make it useful to you and your players during play. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where like old school photocopiers were brilliant in the 90s. Yeah. Because when we were like doing D&D in high school, you'd just take it into the school library and get yourself a quid's worth of copies of your map. And you could give one to every player to make notes on. Mm-hmm. You could make notes on it yourself. Um, and as you say, keep one nice 
colour it all in pretty yeah, I mean, with pencil grains. If, if you've got like an electronic copy, a scanned copy, a photographed copy, you can always just print out a few extra copies. And as Hannah said, it can be a nice idea to give players their own individual maps that they can personalise. It's a cool thing for them to have. And they might write stuff on their maps that maybe you forget to put on yours or maybe they consider things a little bit differently. And it's, it's an interesting sort of compare and contrast. So that's it for this episode. That's our top 10 tips for amateur map makers. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail message on the SpeakPipe website, link in the description, or you can email us. The address is rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. We really do enjoy getting your voicemails. So until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and keep gaming. Mm-hmm.